people responsible for the infrastructure uh, development in the in the schools. Um, members, today we'll be discussing the infrastructure uh, grant and rebuilding and refurbishment of schools. Than I thought it is. I mean, if you look at the the kind of letters we get from schools uh, and what we see when we go on oversight, and we went to Natal that time in the KZN uh, July during the July riots, as if the July riots were not enough. Then we had the you know. The flood, the floods um, in KZN and the Eastern Cape, and some portions of out. So <clears throat> it actually shows that the task is much bigger. Uh, but today we are here to just to get how far are we with infrastructure development, uh, what's the backlog, <clears throat> and what is this that we are learning through this. Uh, as the department, I think that will be what what is on the agenda today. Uh, is there anyone who is moving for adoption of this agenda? Hello, Ulte. I'm moving for the adoption of the agenda. Any second? Don't get any seconds, Chair. Yeah, all right. Um, yeah, this is the agenda. Um, I've already said what I what needs to be said, and I want us to give enough time to the to the minister and the team to do, to do uh, that. They, they take us through this, and then after that, we'll engage. Uh, over to you, uh, honourable minister. No, thank you very much, Chair. And let me also thank the different members of the committee for the opportunity to come and present to yourselves. Chair, I hope you don't mind if I don't have my video on. I'm using a gadget that doesn't <clears throat> show very well, so I'm very sorry. I hope you don't mind me speaking with the video on, Chair. Yeah, continue. No, thank you very much. Let's really thank the opportunity that the select committee has given us to come and share with you. Indeed, a major, major challenge in our sector, uh, a, a problem that on an ongoing basis between ourselves and provinces are trying to deal with. I can assure you, Chair, that every Friday morning, 7 o'clock, we meet as the department to track progress on, prog uh, 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 on programs that we have or projects that we have on the ground. But the problem or the challenge is even bigger than what we have on the ground. So I don't want to say much, but I want to admit and say upfront that it is a major challenge. We're working very hard with Treasury 
we sometimes find ourselves as national having to come in, though the implementation of infrastructure is not a national competency. All we have to do, basically, according to our Education Act, is that we have to develop norms and standards, we have to monitor and support provinces. But because it's such a big challenge, Chair, uh, uh, We've had, we found we found ourselves dealing also with infrastructure, which is not our mandate or responsibility. You will recall that we have an ASIDI program, which was a special project which was set up by uh, President Tabombeg and President Zuma to try and eradicate your safe, unsafe infrastructure, which is your mud schools, your asbestos, and also your zinc. That itself also is a moving target. When we started the project, there was this number of schools that were unsuitable. But as we proceed, we find that schools that will not have been even on the list are appearing again uh, as schools that would have needed to be attended to. And the problem is that the information is held at the province and it's national. We work on the basis of what the provinces would have given us. The majority of schools came from the Eastern Cape because we got the longest list from the Eastern Cape. But as you will be aware, especially maybe in your case, chairperson coming from Limpopo, there are schools that were supposed to have been in the list from the way go, but they didn't come on the list because they were not given to us as provinces. Later on, with the two deaths of learners, again, we had to intervene in an area which is not our area uh, of, of, of supplying sanitation. Again, we'll give you progress report on how we've been working with provinces to make sure that we can deal with it as a special project. Lastly, after COVID, it was quite clear that we have to once and for all deal with the problems of overcrowding in schools, not because of health factors only, but overcrowding impedes or negatively affects teaching and learning. So we are making a bid or a request to Treasury to say we do want a special project to deal with, with, infra, with, with overcrowding in schools. But all the other programs of school maintenance, school buildings are a provincial competency, and we will also report on what we have been picking up in terms of monitoring what different provinces do. Different provinces, as in all other sectors, perform differently. Uh, even in the area of infrastructure, then we are also trying to work with them. You find that some provinces rely on public works, which does their infrastructure. Some provinces have their own capacities departments, like the province of the Free State. They do their own infrastructure. So it's a mixed bag also of performance. But in some instances, as I say, if public works is an implementing agent, Public works does not report to us, so we are not necessarily able to monitor the work that they are doing. We will monitor the work that they are doing through our education department, which is not necessarily in charge of those projects. But, Chair, let me just stop at that point. And again, thank you very much for the opportunity. And we'll hand over to DG. Uh, DG is here. The chief, the, 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 the CFO is here. And also the head of infrastructure, Mr. David Fander. Investigation is here. Thank you very much. DM is not able to be here, and she is the one who is in the department 
charged with the responsibility of monitoring and supporting infrastructure uh, a, a unit and making sure that we do get these uh, ongoing weekly reports. Thank you very much, Chair. Thanks, Chair. Over to the DG. Um, there's an email we sent to your office, DG, on the 27th of July. Um, there was not even an acknowledgement of receipt. So we can maybe after this meeting ensure that uh, we our correspondences are responded to. Uh, over to you, DG. Uh, good morning to the minister and good morning to the chair and all the honorable members. This is David von Vestas and speaking, the head of infrastructure. I just had a call from the DG. He's traveling in the Eastern Cape in the Pedi area and he's really battling with connectivity. He will join us as soon as possible. Um, Chair, if you will allow me to proceed with the presentation. Mr. Van der Westen, let me try. Thanks, DG. We can hear you. Uh, Honorable Chair, uh, Honorable Minister, Honorable Members, uh, Chair, I want to profusely apologize. We acknowledge all uh, correspondence received. I don't know what happened. I'll investigate uh, about the correspondence that the chair referred to. Uh, without any waste of time, I'm going to request Mr. Van der Westeisen to just take the meeting through what we have prepared. It's a long presentation, chair, but I can assure you that we won't exceed 40 minutes, uh, which you usually allow to us. And uh, as the minister indicated, we are giving progress uh, of the work done and the implementing agent and in terms of expenditure. And we've put in a, a very big section around monitoring because we want the church to be aware of the work that we do. And part of what has taken me out of the office where I am now is to do exactly what we are going to also share with the meeting. But I'll definitely follow up on the correspondence that the chair uh, referred to and get back to the chair before the end of this week. My profuse apologies, chair. Uh, thank you very much. I hope the chair allows me to request Mr. Van der Westeisen uh, to then do the presentation on our behalf, if it is fine. That's correct. That's still in order. Thank you, chair. Thank you very much. Can I confirm that the uh, presentation is visible on, on your side? Yes, it is. Thanks, Minister. I will proceed. And like, like DG said, we will, we will not read every word on every slide. We will give the overview, and then you can rather have uh, time for discussion. So just in terms of the outline of the presentation, we'll start with a bit of introduction and problem statement. We would like to, under four and five, give you some details on what happened with SAFE and city those specific intervention programs that the minister mentioned where the national department became involved. Um, item seven, we would like to give you some update on what we are doing through donors and partners. And then item eight is the comment made by the DG. Very important um, actions that we're currently taking in terms of monitoring and what is coming out of that and lessons that we've learned and what we'd like to also share with the bigger oversight structures in that regard. So on Asiri and SAFE, um, Asiri was an intervention started in about 2011 uh, by the former presidents. 
to eradicate specific backlogs. There was an ICD sub-program or inappropriate structures, which is those mud structures, thin structures, and others. Um, those schools that had no water supply, those schools that had no sanitation, and those schools that had no electricity. That was the focus of ICD. SAFE came later after the unfortunate incidents where uh, kids fell into pit toilets. So SAFE was then focused on those schools that have toilets, but they are dependent on basic pit toilets. Now, both of those funded through the school's backlog grant, a special grant created for that purpose. Treasury has now advised us that that grant is coming to an end at the end of this financial year. We are in current discussion with them to, to see exactly how we're going to close that out. The bulk of infrastructure provided by the provinces on that last bullet, the EIG, the Education Infrastructure Grant, is a grant that goes to each province, and they are running the major programs. So we're not going to discuss a lot of the details on that. I'll give you some information on the expenditure in that regard. So just in the uh, National Development Plan, the whole focus on infrastructure is clearly articulated there. I will skip through this. So um, on SAFE, there was a specific budget allocation, and there was an initial list of schools of 3898. Schools identified dependent on basic pit toilets that became part of this program, and we will show you the progress in this regard. Just the location of the schools, just to get a feel for where they are, um, clearly in the Eastern Cape, sort of the, the northeastern corner, uh, a lot of schools concentrated in that area, spread over the whole of KZN, and, and then in pockets of Limpopo, and then a, a few other scattered. So give a good feel of where these needs were identified. Just in terms of context, I'll just highlight on this slide two of the constraints. The first one is number one, the limited capacity of the whole system. We, 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 we really got into this thing and we wanted to move and there was slow movement. And, and, and we had to put in a lot of effort to get this machine to work properly. And then item six at the bottom is something that came up regularly. I think the minister also alluded to that then, is unreliable data coming from the provinces. You get a list of schools, inappropriate, please replace them. And as you go along, there's some more schools coming. Uh, we've got schools with no toilets. Okay, let's go. We do, and as you go, there's some new coming up. So we are also putting some measures in place to, to get some uh, more confidence in the planning information. Item 70 was the issue of monitoring. The, the DJ highlighted to that, that we realized that there is some lack in the monitoring effort all along, and we put a lot of measures in place to get that sorted out, and we'll share with you some of the lessons learned. And on the last one, we had a lot of interruptions from various areas. We had communities getting upset, and we also had a lot of interruptions from the business forums that caused some delays, and we had to deal with all those interesting challenges. During the course of the Assyrian SAFE, we also realized that within the National Department, we've got extremely limited capacity from a built environment. So we then started to enhance that capacity. We tried to show here that from 1718, we started with one architect. We had another architect. Unfortunately, that second architect we lost due to COVID. We then employed uh, one, two, three, four, five new engineers, two quantum surveyors, another architect trying to enhance the capacity at the National Department, and we believe that made a major difference. So we just focus on SAFE. On SAFE, we are providing appropriate sanitation for schools, and that 
takes various forms. On the bottom left, there's a conventional brick and mortar structure. Then on the top left is an alternative building technology, which is a patented item manufactured in the in factory and then gets erected on site. Same on the bottom right. And then on the top right, we've got what we call a hybrid system, where you have a top structure, which is brick and mortar, but then you have certain components of the sanitation, which is manufactured in a factory and gets assembled on site. So we cover the whole spectrum. We use all of them where, as appropriate. So SAFE started with this original list of 3898. So on the graph, the top, the fat red line shows the 3898. And as we progress through the years, now that number came down. There are a couple of schools on that list where that was uh, regarded as non-viable and that closed due to rationalization. But also then towards the end of last year, we realized there's a, there's a need and there's about a 600 additional schools that were then added to the list. So at the moment, we have 3,513 schools on the SAFE program. 2,315 of these, the projects have already progressed to practical completion. And there's a gap of just over 1,000 outstanding schools. We are currently working on uh, dealing with at least 800 of them in this financial year, with a balance being sorted out in the first half of next year. Just a bit of a look and feel of the type of toilets that we are providing at the moment. Uh, interesting one maybe in the bottom left, that is a typical grade R toilet. We will see that the dividing walls between the cubicles doesn't go to the top. They sort of just go halfway and they also have these short doors to allow for supervision from the teachers of these little ones using the toilets. If we look at the uh, project pipeline, so a total of 3,413 schools on the program and is indicated the 2,315 on the right-hand side originally um, achieved practical completion. It is only in the Eastern Cape, KZN and Lipopo that we still have some projects. In all other provinces, this has been concluded. We have one project in Gaut, one in Gauteng, two in Pumalanga, one in Northern Cape, and one in Western Cape. Those are all handled by specific donors. Some just some more fields, some more photos of the look and feel. Um, we track the movement. There are projects in the pipeline, and we call it on the left-hand side. Those are in planning and tender and design, and we need to get them out of the system, and we need to move them to the right for practical completion, which is give you some indication of the last 50 months. To what extent the left will pull down and the right will move up. Some projects in progress, these are conventional construction you can water. So if you look at the planning in this financial year, and if I go to the graph, it's maybe easier to read. We plan under SAFE. We have an APP or annual performance plan target of 450. 440. We are planning to do over 800 in this financial year. At the end of July, you've already achieved 116 of those. So we are set to exceed the target uh, for SAFE in this financial year. If you look at the contributors, we have made use of various implementing agents. I mentioned some of them here. Um, the major contribution on SAFE came from the, the Mugula Trust, TNT, in the middle there, 622. And then also major contributions from the DBSA, the National Education Collaboration Trust, KUGA, and I indicated some donors there, and also from the provincial departments. If we can move to a city, which has got those various sub-programs. 
So this deals with the replacement of mud schools and other inappropriate schools. There's some just look and feel of some of the facilities provided under the program. When we started, we had a baseline of 510 schools made entirely of inappropriate structures. As we started to investigate and explore, there were some of those schools that got closed down due to rationalization. Some schools got merged. And eventually, we ended up with 331 schools on this program. Now, 308 of those have already been completed. And the balance of the 23 we plan to complete in this financial year. That will be then the end of the inappropriate structure sub-program on ICD. On water supply, we started with a list of 1,117 schools. And in this case, the investigation increased the number. So the, the number of schools on this program went up to 1,272. 1,241 of those schools, the water supply project has already progressed to practical completion. There's only 31 left, and that 31 we are scheduling for completion in this financial year. On electricity supply, we had a total of 902 schools initially. Um, that came down to 373. Mm. We had good cooperation from ESCOM, and all of those schools were served in the 1718 year. On sanitation, we initially started with 701 schools on our city. Similar to water, it went up to 1053. Um, of that, 1044 has already progressed to practical completion. There's only nine left. We are going to kill all nine of them in this financial year. So if we just look at the project pipeline, this is per province. You can see that the only remaining projects under our city is in the Eastern Cape and in Limpopo. In all other provinces, the ICD programs have been concluded. We do the same summary per sub-program. You can see that there are still projects in progress at the moment and under inappropriate structures, water supply and sanitation on uh, electricity and fencing, they've all been concluded. Same figures like on um, SAFE, pulling it down on the left and pulling it up on the right, what we call the movement from left to right graphs. If we look at the planning for, for the year for inappropriate structures, just look at the uh, graph is maybe easier. We want to complete 28 as per our annual performance plan target. We have 30 schools in the program at the moment. By the end of July, we've already concluded six of them, and we seem to be on track to achieve all of these targets in this financial year. On sanitation, we are planning to do an additional 10 over and above the 440 and the safe. So, uh, by the end of uh, July, we've already done seven, so we are set to exceed this target significantly on the sanitation side. Look at water supply, we have a target of 50. We have 54 projects in the program at the moment. At the end of July, we've already achieved 24 of those, so we're almost halfway there. So again, we are set to exceed this target in this financial year and wrap up all the water supply projects. Just look at the contributors in uh, the program for inappropriate structures. The major contributor on that was the Development Bank of South Africa with 160 projects that have, they have completed so far, followed by the Independent Development Trust at Kuga, and then some five schools added from Free State. If you look at water supply, the main contributor was the Mula Trust, and we have the same on sanitation, the main contributor, the Mubula Trust. 
Look at budget and expenditure. If we just go back to uh, the 21-22, the previous financial year, um, we had initially lots of problems with expenditure, and we are glad to announce that on EIG, we spent 100% of the budget on all the provinces. There's a bit of variation between provinces, and we had to put in a lot of effort to get them to do that. But at the end of March, 100% of that budget was utilized. If we look at the allocation for this financial year, from the education infrastructure grant and the equitable share, a total of 14.5 billion is allocated to infrastructure through the provinces there, and which is indicated by the 14th of July, we have already expenditure of 16%. If we just take the equitable share out of it, the EIG on its own is 12.384 billion, and the expenditure per province as indicated there. We are monitoring this on a monthly basis, uh, this coming Friday, we've got another meeting with the provinces to track the planning and expenditure on the EIG. Look at the school's backlog grant last year. Uh, now, the school's backlog grant is utilized for our city and safe, and we can also gladly announce that we've utilized 100% of the budget um, of our city and safe, and uh, there was no money left over. Coming to this financial year on the school's backlog grant, we have an allocation of 2.4 billion. And um, that's just the cash flow projections. If we look at the graph, the horizontal blue line on the top is that budget allocation of 2.4. Um, at the moment, the projected expenditure adds up to about 2.7, which exceeds that budget. And um, by the end of July, the Implementing agents have already processed certificates um, over 700 million. So we are tracking the projection. We are tracking the implementing agent certificates. We are implementing, we are tracking the certificates that comes to us for processing. And we're also tracking the actual capturing in BAS to make sure and they are all nice and tight at the moment. If we look at the contribution of donors and partners, we have a variety of donors and partners. Yes, and some. Uh, photographs of before and after the intervention <laughs> by donors and partners. And um, we have some international donors like South Korea, USA, and then we have some uh, business entities, Unilever, Norcross, uh, Sabanyi, SAPI, Asupol, and we're also working with the Water Research Commission where they are testing new technology on some of our sites, and um, that really assists us. So there's some more ISOPOL off-pop projects there. Just some more photos on before and after. Um, then we have a couple of innovations. The PSU, that's our project's support unit. Uh, they have developed a, a dashboard. The EFMS is the database used by uh, many provinces, and we are in the process of rolling that out sort of nationally as the as the the go-to system to get consistency is the education facility management system for program management. So they've developed a dashboard that can give you a quick oversight of where we stand on a CDS safe and with the tabs at the bottom, you can screen, you can scroll per province, per program, you can go to maps, and this is just an example of maps and current projects and get it. So this type of innovation with ICT. And, and really utilizing the modern technology assisted us 
in keeping track of these projects. I now want to move on to the comment of the DG in terms of monitoring. Here are some examples of the monitoring, and if you uh, look carefully, you will recognize some of the people on the photograph. Um, the methodology was going to the site, going to the construction site, capturing the data, but working with the people involved, working with the project managers, working with the contractor, and then coming back with the evidence and then put that findings into the system. A very important one is the third from the bottom is the WhatsApp. There's a WhatsApp group. In fact, there are various WhatsApp groups where other role players can now become involved. The school principal, the district manager, the works inspector, and they can post almost in real time yeah, there's a problem there. There's nobody on site. The contact didn't arrive. Uh, there's a community up, uprising or whatever. So we have a lot of information which we didn't have in the past. If you look at the, the monitoring team, like DG's out there at the moment there with some of the staff from his office, he's dealing with the infrastructure people from the specific province, the works inspectors, with the implementing agents, their principal agents, and also representatives from the project support unit. So the expertise varies from education experts to built environment experts. And one of the other innovations was what is called the InCollect Act. is a, a mobile app to capture the observations during such sites visits. So these things on a real-time basis gets fed back into a database and we can utilize that. And we are working on that to come up with a, there's another dashboard and then there is a issue and risk tracker. So all the observations coming back per school is then tracked and we can then follow on a weekly basis, follow up what's supposed to happen here, what is outstanding, what is open, who's waiting for who to keep track there. If we just look at some of the monitoring and I just want to link on to the comment from the minister's side is that on every Monday, the DG chairs one-on-one -on -one meetings with implementing agents tracking issues of of who's waiting for who, what is holding up, what are the issues there. Then on a Tuesday, we have operational meetings where we thrash out all the variations and all of that. On a Thursday, we have meetings with the CEOs of all these implementing agents, where we deal with contractual issues that involve them. And then on a Friday, we feed back to the ministry. So very intense monitoring and very intense oversight and reporting uh, structure. Some of the issues that we are discussing during those meetings are, first of all, audit issues. We put in a lot of effort over the last year to clean up audit findings, uh, inter internal control deficiencies to, 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 to avoid any repeat findings. Um, we look at the allocation of projects, work plans, payments to make sure there's nothing that blocks it as far as possible. There's also a lot of effort that went into creating opportunities for young people to better get involved in the built environment. So some of the issues that came up is that we discussed the findings and actually grouped the findings into two categories. First of all, category A is getting projects to proceed to practical completion. So that deals with all the planning, the design, the tender issues through construction, getting into practical completion. And then category B is, and then what? 
Once you've achieved practical completion, now we need to make sure that this school is finished off, it's handed over, and the school can actually use it. So those are the two categories. So on category A, we focused on, on getting the project through the factory to the point of practical completion and to ensure that nothing is holding that up. And there's a specific scorecard developed for that. I'll give you some examples of a scorecard. This is for Bacaleni um, and then Dumezweni and projects that is in that process of leading to construction. Category B is then, once you've reached practical completion, this, this must be handed over to the school so the school can have the benefit. So we're tracking then all the actions on the other side of practical completion to make sure that there's nothing uh, delaying the utilization of that. Again, another scorecard developed for category B projects, and there's some examples of issues picked up during the observations on category B projects. Just a summary, um, if you look at the first column there, the DG has conducted over 2,000 site visits so far. We are tracking the, the progress on all levels. So at the bottom, uh, on a project level, then we roll it up on a program level per agreement agent where we deal with the work plans, we work dealing with the contractual obligations, and then at what we call it at the portfolio management level, that's where we report back to, to the minister. So if we look at the impact of monitoring, the first one there that we, we are taking pride to share with the oversight structure is that um, in the recent audits from the Auditor General of South Africa, they have offered us a unqualified audit with no matters of emphasis. So that is a major, major improvement. We are coming out of three years of qualified audits. Last year, we had an unqualified audit with um, some matters of emphasis. This year, unqualified, no matters of emphasis. In last year, in 21-22, we exceeded all the APP targets, and as reported, we utilized all the budgets available to us. So some major improvement that we just like to share with the oversight structure. If we just end up with some lessons learned going forward, and I'll just highlight some of them, one of the key issues is number one there. With strong political oversight combined with strong administrative oversight, there's a good chance of success. And what proved here is that the active participation from the ministry side, the active drive from the DG and the whole of the administration led to success. The second issue is you can't just monitor one thing. You need to monitor the entire value chain from the planning, the design, the consult, uh, the the, the procurement, the construction, right through to the handover to the school. Number three is deployment of um, technology. We, we started to move much more into using systems, much more into using technology, WhatsApp groups, um, some uh, reporting templates, and that really served as well. And then number five is also critically important. We expanded the range of people involved. 
to some extent, uh, infrastructure was running on the side there. Nobody really knows what's cooking there. We started to involve the school principals, the school governing bodies, the communities, the district officials, the works inspectors, and through those WhatsApp groups, they had access to this. They could see what's cooking, and they had the opportunity to raise their voice, and that made a big difference. That buy-in really assisted us. So with that, we would like to conclude our presentation, and we are quite open for any discussion, and we just recommend that the oversight uh, the select committee note the progress that we've made um, with regard to delivery of infrastructure. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, David. Uh, thank you, Honorable Chair. Uh, thank you, Minister. And uh, thank you, Honorable Member. Over to you, Chair. <laughs> Thanks, uh, DG. Um, Doltando. Yeah, all members, that's the presentation. Is there any other presentation that we need to to, I mean, to, to receive before we engage with the with the report? Is there is there an outstanding report, DG? Is there something? Or is that all? If so, then yeah, that's, all members that's the, that's the only presentation, catch. Sorry. All right, no, sure, thanks. Thank you. I, I just want to find for myself um, this monitoring of this project. Um, how do we ensure uh, quality, work, work percentage quality on the project? Because, you know, some schools get built and a year later, you visit the school. The school looks like it was built more than 30 years ago, you know, uh, with some finishing falling off. Well, you can actually see that this is maybe due to low quality, you know. Um, maybe the the quality of the materials was, were not specified, or do you allow, uh, you know, people to be creative, and that's some of them using very, very cheap materials that will not uh, last. There are instances where a school get built this year and that next wind blows the roof away and the local shakes remains standing. So you really wonder, I mean, yeah. and is in terms of quality and assurance, is there something that we on the contract <clears throat> that is retained so that uh, if there are defects in the in the construction and the finishing that that money could be used for instance to 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 uh, to make interventions in terms of repairing and or re re refurbishing and what happens when uh, People do not meet their deadlines. Do we have uh, extra I mean, um, penalties on our contracts? Are there exit clauses on those contracts in case people do not perform according to, you know? And <clears throat> mostly before the schools are 
the project that transferred to the SGP and communities. There are handover certificates that are signed by managers and those who did, who okayed the building. But what if those people we realize that did not apply their minds in signing, you know, people will sign a project even when they see that, you know, like, okay, even when they know that there are defects on the, on the building. Um, is there anything that, um, um, what do they call it, consequence management on matters like this? And who is to pay at the end? Are we really sure that we get in value for our money and that the dignity of our children and that of the teachers also is uh, it's respected? Thanks. I wonder, uh, any other questions? Members can raise their hands. On the platform, I see Honorable Christian. Um, and members can also ask questions that Directed to, I mean, coming from their own provinces um, about in their experiences, uh, daily experiences on school infrastructure. They can be free to raise those matters, and they may not necessarily have information about that particular school, but later the information can be accessed and then sent to the members. Over to you, Honorable Christian. Uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. Um, if possible, can I leave my camera off, Chairperson? Um, Chairperson, my question is really around infrastructure in the Northern Cape, the infrastructure of the schools in the Hankam district. Now, um, there are a number of schools that um, are really in a bad state. The one is Huntam High School. And at the moment, grades 10, 11, and 12 are attending school on a rotational basis due to only a few classrooms being declared safe. Now, um, these, this school has also been in the newspaper as well as on um, the news. Um, grades 8 and 9 are not at school at all. Although the provincial government has promised that the district office will work out a catch-up plan for these two grades, it's been some time now, and these learners, some of them have not returned to school, and as I've said, some of them are on a rotational basis, and parents are scared to send their children back to school because of the state in which the school currently is. Um, the Nico Becker School has been vandalized to such an extent that the school has been without electricity since the end of March. Um, the school has had to rely on a generator, um, and that uses about 400 rand per day on petrol, and this comes out of the school's pocket, which we know in those areas is literally unaffordable in those Huntam regions. And I'm, I'm speaking about the Northern Cape now. <clears throat> um, learners haven't received report cards for term two, um, mainly because they've been without electricity and the general the school. So I would like to know by the minister and the team and, um, you know, what is going to be done about the infrastructure in, of the schools in the Huntam area. And then in the 
Kolplaiki area in Kimberley, there's another school, Haumbayo High School, that is also falling apart initially. The level two um, of the school, the bridge was falling apart. They had to close it off after a lot of pressure. It was fixed. But the school is still in a terrible state. There's water running. Um, all the windows are practically broken in that school. It's been a very cold winter in the Northern Cape, and um, we just can't seem to get the infrastructure uh, fixed in those schools. So my three main questions is um, the Huntam High School in, um, in the Huntam region in the Northern Cape. When, what is going to be done about that school? Um, kids are on a rotational basis. Uh, Catch-up plans, but will it be implemented sufficiently? And then the Nico Becker School, which has also been vandalized, working on a generator on a generator what are we going to do to see to it that these schools are brought back on track and that the provincial government is then held accountable for fixing that school as soon as possible thank you very much chairperson Is there any member want to ask a question? This uh, um, oh my god, the reception is really messing me up here. Let me check you. Is there any other yeah, but I can I can hear you clearly. Yeah, I can hear you clearly from my side. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, thanks. <laughs> um yeah, if there are no questions, can we can we just get the comments from the department about the questions that were asked now? And um, you know, with the and the particular schools that uh, Honorable Christians talked about, we may not have that information at hand. But if anyone has it, it would be much nicer. But if not so, then I think we need to to engage, find a way of getting that report to the to the committee, and particularly to uh, Honorable Christians. Um, over to you, DG. Uh, sorry, Chair. Uh, I didn't have the benefit. I'm aware that the minister was going to stay for a while. So in case the minister is still there, uh, I saw that we could allow her. But let me proceed. In terms of... Uh, in terms of the quality of work, will also come in, Chair. Uh, somebody called the principal, a principal agent. Chair, can you hear me? Yes, I do. A principal agent 
who is entrusted uh, to eventually put his or her head on the block to say uh, the quality of this project uh, is in terms of uh, what is expected in terms of standards in yeah. infrastructure. That's the first thing. The second one is that that's part of what we are doing. We also check on quality. Maybe at some point we could come back and share with you details of our report. Both the PSU, Mr. Van der team, the team that I'm leading, we also check quality uh, in terms of both category A and category B. Uh, with regard to retention, there is uh, a retention amount that is being kept uh, for a specific period that Mr. Van der Westeisen will explain. It will explain it's called the latent defect period, within which will then be expected uh, uh, to have brought to the attention of the contractor all the defects that uh, require attention. Um, regarding um, contractors who are not adhering to deadlines, because we have a, a contract with implementing agents, in our memorandum of understanding with implementing agents, there are penalties for implementing agents that are not imposing penalties on contractors who do not adhere to specific time frames. And I must admit, uh, for a very long time, those penalties were not effected or were not applied. Uh, but since Mr. Van der Westeisen is coming, uh, the penalties are being imposed and we keep their management fee and, and make sure that uh, we recover money that is related to penalties for implementing agents. And then with regard to people are handing over projects with defects, well, the same if defects are, are picked up because we have a contract with the implementing agent, we hold the implementing agent accountable. And as I've indicated, we've got ways of recovering even money that goes into, you know, paying for the defects during the, beyond the latent defect period. And then, Honorable Christian, um, I will take up this matter of um, the schools that you have mentioned with the HOD of the Northern Cape. Uh, the school that is in a bad state that you have indicated, Mr. Mahada has also, I know, been taking copious notes. And then immediately after this meeting, we'll take this up with... Um, uh, the HOD of the Northern Cape uh, to bring some remedy uh, to these schools that you have indicated, including these ones that are that are platooning. The good news here is that now that ACIDI and SAFE are coming to an end 2022-2023 financial year, the allocation for SAFE and, and ACIDI will now be distributed among provinces in terms of the amount of backlog. And uh, we are also going to monitor that uh, this is put to good use. 
For the first time this financial year, we've decided to increase the amount for maintenance. Many of our schools are in a bad state, are dilapidated. Uh, the maintenance, the upkeeping of our schools hasn't been done for a very long time. But now, for the first time, in terms of the grant framework of the Education Infrastructure Grant, we increased maintenance to 60%. In other words, we expect provinces to focus more on rehabilitating all the schools that are in bad shape, including the renovation of schools. So this will also include the Nico Batman uh, that Honorable Christian referred to. We will request the Northern Cape Department of Education to prioritize that school. That applies also to the Hanover High School, which is also in a bad shape. The Antam High School, um, uh, in terms of the challenges that Honorable Christian uh, has raised about all of these schools, will definitely follow up chair making that commitment and will be able to give feedback to your Honorable Committee on actions that would have taken together with uh, the Northern Cape province on these schools that are mentioned here. Uh, I'm humbly going to request that you allow Mr. Van der Westeisen to come in. Uh, contracts in infrastructure are also regulated in terms of the JBCC contracts. And Mr. Van der Westeisen is much more knowledgeable on that. He'll also be able to delineate roles and responsibilities of various role players as to what do we do during construction, what do we do during the latent defect period, and what do we do also beyond the latent defect period. If you allow, Chair, with uh, your permission, I would humbly request that we bring in Mr. Van der Westeisen. Do I have your permission, Chair? Yes, Mr. Van der Westeisen. Thank, thank you, Chair, and thank you, DG. Um, just to put uh, into context, the first portion of quality control is to make sure your design is done properly. So there, the implementing agent must appoint what is called a competent person, whether that's the architect or the engineer. Um, and those are professional service providers. So we are putting a lot of effort to say per project, I want to know who is your competent person that you appointed? I want his name, I want his qualifications, and I want his registration number. So if this competent person comes up with a design which is inferior, he's coming up with specifications which is inappropriate, and like you say, the roof will just blow away, we can hold these individuals and their companies accountable. And um, we can then pursue against them. They've got professional liability insurance. We can pursue claims against them if the, if, it, uh, if the case is inappropriate design. The second component is then we appoint a contractor. The contractor is fully responsible to construct the works according to their design and specifications. If not so, the principal agent simply issue an instruction to say thank you, but no thanks, I don't want this, take this away and redo it at your own cost. So we are enforcing in all instances where we find poor quality of construction that the principal agent issues such an instruction to get the work redone at the cost of the contractor. 
If at any point we have poor cooperation from the contractor and the contractor refused to adhere to some contract instructions, the contract allows for the termination of such contract. We've terminated several contractors and then replaced them, several. The comment on the penalties, I think DG is absolutely correct. Every contract has a contractual completion date or a contractual date for practical completion. And if the contractor failed to make that date, the moment you go beyond that, there are penalties imposed on it per day. And what we are doing, if the IAs are failing to apply such penalties, we calculate the penalties and we will deduct it from their management fees. So at the moment, we're getting good cooperation in that regard. With regard to what remedies do we have? In general, we withhold in the order of 10% of all payments as a retention, and that gets released once you have achieved practical completion and once you've achieved final completion, you release that. So at that point in time, all visible defects should have been sorted out and fixed before you release all that money. If there are latent defects, if there are, for instance, uh, contract sla uh, con con concrete slabs that at the point of completion looked good, but then a year later start to crack up because the, con the contractor cheated you on the reinforcement. Those are called latent defects. The contract allows for latent defects. Um, there's a liability period that starts, that commences on the start of the construction and it ends. 10 years later. So for the next 10 years, we have cover for latent defects. The last comment I just want to make is once we reach practical completion, the use of the facility is then handed over to the school. So the school then becomes responsible for the day-to-day -day operation and maintenance. That is not part of the contractor. The latent defect of construction remains his, but the normal day-to-day -day maintenance operation and, and, and maintenance belongs to the school. Thank you, Chair. I trust that uh, addressed the issues asked for, from the DG. Chair, I'm done, if you want to proceed. We are done, Chair. <laughs> I don't know what happened to the Someone was playing music very high up. <laughs> oh, sorry, the, sorry. Not from our side. Window, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I've managed to negotiate with him. Uh, is there other questions from members that members would like to ask? And then um, the other questions, if there is to be any at a later stage, will be, will be sent to to your office, DG, um, for further engagement in terms of you know giving us more information on this and that, and that uh, we can also request inputs from the provinces about particular schools. 
either do that through the no, we can actually write directly to the MACs and request and request that info from them uh, or the director general in the, the the DDGs in the provinces. We do have um, their contact numbers. Um, with this words, um, closing the first session of the of the meeting and. Um, the meeting will continue with the members uh, of the select committee. So we do administrative stuff. Um, am I, um, Sisnul uh, Tando? Nolutando? Uh, yes, Chair, we've got uh, one set of minutes and one report to adopt. Yeah, we can do that without the department and release the... Then, uh, uh, Minister, some uh, well, last parting words? No, 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 Chair. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I just want to thank yourselves and the committee. Not much. Thank you very much. No, thank, 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 thanks a lot. Um, if there is to be any further engagement, we will definitely write uh, to your office to yeah to make follow-ups on some of the things that we did not uh, engage today. Uh, thank, thank you very much to the to the minister DG and the team. You may leave, so we do uh, other civil committee administrative issues. You are released. Thank you, Chair. Um, no, 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 Oh, yeah, that's the agenda again. Um, What are the what are the issues? The first one. Oh, meeting of the twenty second of June. Um, can page on. We have had this minutes for quite some time on the numbers. Is there any correction? Correction, comment. If none, is there any move of adoption of this minutes? Chapasim any moves for adoption of the record of the meeting. Um, any second Christian second, Chairperson. Uh, Honorable Christian, thank you very much. Um, 
As you may realize, there was no, uh, we didn't attend to apologies for this meeting because I thought there were no apologies anyway. So um, the DG was in and the minister was there and all of us were in the meeting because we were to be in this meeting, we're here. Um, there's a second for this. And then what's the next? Um, it's... Um, Budget vote, vote 37 report. Uh, we also have had this for quite some time. Yeah, let's move to the next page. That's about our APPs and MTF, MTBS. Medium term expenditure framework. Yes, God. That's it. Thank you. Uh, did you receive any input from any members regarding the report as it was with us for quite some time? No, Chair. I didn't receive anything. Yeah. Um, Honourable members, there the report. Is there any mover for... Chair, Ndongenimus for the adoption of the report. Consideration, yeah. Any seconder? Member Gillian, second, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Uh, members, if there is anything that members would like to ask, uh, particularly when it comes to specific schools in our areas, uh, on this ACD and other programs. Please do that in writing and send them to Nultando. Our committee secretary, secretary will, will forward them directly to the department, to, to where they are supposed to be directed to. Um, thank you very much. Is there any other thing 
and on Tando that needs discussed here, yeah? nothing. Uh, no, there's nothing else, sir. Thank you, Honorable Tando. This meeting is adjourned. Thank you, Honorable Members. Bye, thank you. Thank you, thank you Thank you, Chair. Bye. Recording stopped. Noising. Hi, Tabiso. Hi, how are you? On good terms yourself? I am fine, thank you. Um, I just asked you another question. I hope you, you don't mind. It's just that there's a, a member that I'm looking for did not appear on the list of participants. Yes, sure all if... of them. All of them were here. Okay, all right. All right, thank you so much. Um, have a great day, Father. All right, then. Then, bye.